Welcome to Creative Conversations. I'm Roger Humphrey. My guest is Miguel Ferreira. Miguel is an old friend and former student whose guitar career is taking a decidedly different course than most. He moved to Cordoba, Spain a few years ago and now has a successful YouTube channel called Guitar Lessons from Spain. He teaches online, shares guitar tips, and interviews the biggest names in the world of classical guitar. We join in progress. So how have you been? Good. Uh, just been working more on my channel. I've been trying to come up with different content. That's the hard part, isn't it? They say content is king. Yeah. <laughs> They're not kidding. Uh, you, get your, you get your first seven or eight of them done, and all of a sudden you realize you got a whole bunch more to do if you're going to keep the thing going. And it's hard to get. I have a hard time getting guests. I have a very hard time getting guests. Um, so, um, I, people that I know that I w would think that would, would do it. Um, and they say, yeah. And then when I try to pin them down on a time or, you know, um, all of a sudden they go dark. I mean, <laughs> it's just nothing at all. So, so yeah, content is king. Content is king. So, so yeah, it's, uh, finding, finding people to work with and trying to, trying to make sure that, I mean, you're in a great place though in Cordoba. Uh, because you're kind of at a crossroads, people keep coming through there, and you're doing, and and yours is a, a guitar thing anyway. So, and then in addition to that, you've got, you know, a way of going through, um, you know, doing what you and I are doing right now with with, uh, uh, you know, doing uh, video stuff as well. So, but you've got a lot of people coming through there, don't you? Oh yeah, this is this is guitar heaven. I mean, uh, this is the birthplace of the guitar, Andalusia. You know, uh, southern Spain, the region is uh, yeah. Andalusia, and Cordoba, and you know, Cordoba used to be the capital of Andalusia. It's now Sevilla, but um, yeah, this used to be the capital, and and it, it's the best place. You know, everyone comes through here, and uh, ticket prices are affordable. <clears throat> That's good. And uh, and sometimes concerts are free because the, the government pays for concerts for these big artists to come. So and uh, what one thing is that I'm very lucky is that I never pay whether whether it's paid for by the government to for as a free concert for for whatever I, I get in for free because I know everyone. Everyone knows me. So they're like, uh, actually, I just went to a concert. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if you saw on Instagram, I went to go see the Aranjuez uh, played by a flamenco guitar player. Oh. Anybody I, I know? Anybody uh, I would be familiar with? No, it's just it's a flamenco guitarist. I've never heard of him either, but um, I guess he's pretty big around here. Or he's up and coming, I'm, I'm guessing. He's, okay. he's, he's he's younger than me, so he's, he's up and coming. And uh, he... Uh, I was passing by um, this uh, this plaza, this plaza, and um, I saw David Pino. He's a he's a flamenco singer and flamenco guitarist at the conservatory. And he stopped me and he's like, "Are you going to the concert next week on Wednesday?" And I'm like, "What concert?" And he says, "You know, so and so is playing the Aranjuez." And uh, I'm like, "No, I don't have any tickets." And he's like. I, I can get you tickets. Hold on one second. And uh, he ran back to his apartment that was just like right, right next to the plaza. And he came back and he handed me 
uh, ticket. <laughs> so it's like, no matter what, where it is or who's coming, I either can approach the people and say, Hey, can you get me a ticket? Or, or if they see me, they offer me one. So it's good. <laughs> That's awesome. So how was it? How was the concert? It was good. Uh, he played uh, some flamenco, solo flamenco stuff first. And then um, after that, the orchestra came out and they performed and it was beautiful. Uh, there's there's a clip on my on my uh, Instagram. You can check it out if you go okay. back and see the concert. I was it was a it was a really nice performance and um, yeah, this is this is being here is uh, was perfect for me because uh, I'm I was or I am and I was able to meet all the big players like uh, David Russell. Ricardo Gallen. I, I think you met you've met Gallen before, right? I think you told me you saw Gallen. I have not. No, no. Oh. I have never met him. I, I certainly know who he is, but but I have we've never met. Oh, that guy's a monster. He's got these this technique. It's like it's crazy technique, and uh, he has like uh, he has the thirtieth, fortieth, fiftieth anniversary guitars by Paco Santiago Marin. A famous luthier from yeah Canada. i know who marine is yeah sure but wow he's got, he's got like everyone and and uh and <laughs> he's uh he's a collector he's a big collector of those and and some he has back home some he has here in spain because uh he lives oh, where does he live I, f- I forgot what country he lives in right now he's a professor at uh at, at, a, at a university, uh, I'm, it's slipped, but, but when he's in Spain, uh, Marin comes to the concert and brings him his, his guitar from that, that's for concerts here in Spain. Oh. So, uh, so uh, already all strung up and ready to go. So. It's good. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. I played it. I played it. It was it was loud. It was I was like, wow, it was a cedar top. Uh-huh. And it's the one that he has in my interview with him. And okay. uh, the it has it reminded me of the boominess of uh, the Domin, the Matthias Domin guitar that Brad DeRoche has. Uh-huh. Yeah. Really, lo- really, really, really addresses the audience. Huh? Yeah. And it was just amazing. I just I just plucked one note and I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing yeah that's yeah that's i i was actually um i've been i've been thinking about another instrument and uh uh and at my advanced age i'm not real sure if that's a real practical thing or not and uh i saw um uh, something online uh, actually yesterday and it was uh a gv rubio and he's certainly not in marine's category but uh but uh certainly uh Adequate for my purposes, I would think. And it was a gorgeous guitar. My God, it was uh, maple back and sides, which I've, I've heard a couple and I, I've liked. Um, spruce top, just a beautiful, beautiful work on the thing. And, um, uh, and it's a 635 scale length, which I've been thinking about getting something that small because my, I just don't have a lateral movement in my left hand anymore. I can't make the stretches. And, uh, and the Kono is a 664. It's just, it's, <laughs> just a freaking beast and the Kono is like 54 across and and uh, this is 51 so I thought well a smaller neck and if it sounds halfway decent and the price was reasonable and um, so anyway but 
they had uh, somebody playing um, uh, some Maguado on it uh, as a uh, and, and did a, a demo online. I, so I listened to it through my headphones uh, and I thought, man, it's a nice guitar, but there's not seventy five hundred dollars there for me. That's what it was. That was the price. And I thought, wow. I, I've got I've, I've got two guitars here and the least of those guitars sounds that good. So I, no, I'm not uh, I'm, I'm not prepared to, to do that. So. But um, uh, yeah, it, it sure was. A, it sure was a looker, though. I'll tell you. <laughs> wow. So. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's a Mexican luthier that lives in California, apparently. And uh, okay. Jason Vio, Jason was playing um, his first Naxo CD. He played uh, a Rubio on on that on that CD, the Vasquez Rubio. I've heard Rubio guitars, and I even played one once. One of my students had one, and it, they're they're nice instruments. So so I felt pretty confident, you know, this would be. But um, and it wasn't like it was bad. It just I, I couldn't justify the money for because it really wasn't that much of a step up, sound wise. Um, and uh, I, I think what I'm what I'm really having a hard time with personally, uh, not a hard time, but but something I've really come settle on is. That I absolutely love the, the the rich texture of that Spanish sound, that Spanish guitar sound. Um, I love the sound that that, that Segovia got. I love the sound that um, uh, Christopher Parkening gets. Uh, uh, and and I play some of these other guitars, and they sound nice, but they don't have that 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 rich texture, you know that that um, that some of these wonderful Spanish guitars do. Um, Rodriguez and 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 Ramirez and and Marine and and some of these other extraordinary instruments and builders. So, but you know, um, uh, last week I don't know if you saw on Instagram, um, uh, David Collette, the president of GSI, and Eddie Blosinger. Yes. Yeah, I saw you had dinner with them. Yeah, they uh, they were in Granada, and I've been friends with uh, David Collette since 2007. We would we would talk for like three hours on the phone, just like all the oh, time about okay. guitars. And and he came to Granada, and uh, they they came they both came to visit me. It was great when I took them for a tour of Cordoba. So great, and we had a great time. And we talked guitar, we talked uh, the Romeros, we talked we talked about everything. <laughs> Julian Bream and and everything. It's interesting the 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 history that these people know and oh like yeah the, the content um, that you know the informational content that they have from you know playing so many different guitars and from studying with uh, well you know um, David Collette he studied with Celine Romero at the university okay and. Um, Eddie Blosinger, he studied with Romanios, Jose Romanios, here in Cordoba, one of the guitar-making master classes. So. Wow. Okay. So, so you know, they they've had they have great stories about uh, their musical upbringing, whether it be luthery or or music. So that and uh, yeah, and also I'm I'm doing a little project with them and probably probably gonna be doing some more hopefully with uh with guitar salon but you know for for their youtube channel i don't know uh, so, something's in the works we'll see we'll see what happens okay cool good for you but uh yeah i and regarding my youtube channel um uh 
it's guitar lessons from Spain. You yeah. you know and and uh, yeah, I'll put I'll put I'll put a link in the at the end of this thing. Great. Yes. Uh, thank you. Um, but um, I started this channel uh, back in I want to say twenty. 2017 or 18 maybe i think and okay. um i am not too sure on the <laughs> the year but uh i think around 2018 uh i started the channel because there's a lot of there's a lot of bs that gets passed along from guitar player to guitar player and they these rumors that get started and and i have access to everybody that comes here so i thought why not dispel the myths that exist so uh what actually started this was um two things when i was in college uh at music school at e emu eastern michigan university right um i was studying with dr nelson amos and right and uh he's like the biggest david russell fan in the world i i don't think i've ever met anyone who loves <laughs> david russell as much as as doc and uh, yeah, that's what we call him doc and uh -huh. um and uh, so I, I would get these recordings uh, from Doc. He would lend me CDs, and, and it's like, oh, how come? How come he's you know David Russell on, on the double disc Tarrega album? Why on Las Dos Hermanitas, the two sisters by Tarrega, does he play the Gran Valz Briante Opus 34, number one in A flat major? You know, as like the introduction to the Tarrega piece, and he's like, oh. David Russell, he just made that up because he's an artist and, you know, he 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 glued that on to the piece because he's an artist. And and that didn't sit very well with me. And then, like, I was like, hmm, that, you know, that doesn't that doesn't add up, you know, and uh, <laughs> to be doing this, something like that. And then uh, on the Ida Latino record, which actually it won a Grammy that year that it came, I think it was like 2004. Uh -huh. There's a piece by Dilermando Reis called Se Ela Preguntar. And that has an introduction as well. And I asked Dr. Amos, like, you know, that's different than like other recordings. Why is that? And he's like, oh, he just he just put that on because he's an artist, too. It's just like the other piece. You know, he just. He just wrote that little introduction to it. And so I was like, hmm. And when I came to Cordoba, when I finally moved to Cordoba, I was thinking, I can ask these people these things and dispel the rumors that exist about, you know, different classical guitar recordings. Or I can ask them right. anything. Well, it, it, this, this serves as a master class for me, too, because it's like uh, I can ask them anything that I want. I, I asked them, can you bring your guitar? So, you know, everyone who comes, I, I, I see their guitar. I talk about their guitar. I play their guitar and, and, and I, I can ask them to do anything. You know, I, you know, I, I can ask them anything uh, I want them to do on guitar or, or if they don't do it on camera, they do it off camera um, or, or they invite me. Um, after interviewing Berta Rojas, She's like the world expert on barrios. And sure uh, enough, yeah. Well, after that, I said, hey, why don't we go get a drink? Let's go grab a beer. And she's like, I don't drink beer. And so so we drank water and <laughs> she, she drinks water. So uh, we, 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 we got two glasses of water and uh, she's like, 
turn off the camera, make sure it's off. I've got something, a present for you. And she took out her guitar and she got ready and she played, she played some barrios for me. And she's like, this is for you. So that was beautiful to have Berta, uh, like, I don't know, two feet away from me playing directly in front of me. (laughs) Yes. A private, private moment. That's uh, pretty special. Yeah. And the whole time I was like looking like there, she was doing, um, she, she was doing scales AMI. So I was like observing, like, like trying to, to absorb everything firsthand of what she was doing. Uh-huh. So it was great seeing her do the scales like that. And then, um, you know, Yippis did scales like that. AMI? Yeah. Okay. I do, I do AMIM. Um, so they're always grouped in fours. Um, I've never done a, and I, and I do I, a, I, a, a lot. David Brandon does I, a, a lot. He says that he feels that it's more comfortable than I am. So. Um, it, 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 I, I don't know if comfortable is the right word. It seems to come out better for me. Um, I, it, I don't feel like I'm galloping. I feel like I can keep, I can keep the, uh, timing more even and, um, and I can keep the attack a little bit more even. I, the, the, the I finger and the A finger are uh, similar in length where the M finger is so much longer. And, and I think that that contributes somehow to the approach. I, I, I've never analyzed it, so I don't know for sure. But, but, um, um, but yeah, I find that the I finger and the A finger working together seem to work pretty well. The A finger, of course, is a weaker finger. And so it takes a little extra work to, to get it there. But, but uh uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty slick thing to do. And, and then also working with that a finger as much as you can, because you start doing cross string trills and you kind of need that finger to kind of hold up its own as well. And a, a cross string trill. So. Nice. Interesting. I, I, I actually, I have never done IA I've done AMI, uh, on the chromatic scale on Capricho Arabe when I was in college, I, I did that. But I, uh-huh. I did. It didn't feel comfortable. It felt like you were trying to run with three legs. So. Yeah, that's. The, I I do. I don't necessarily play a lot of music with that fingering. Um, I, I I I practice that way to uh, to keep number one. I, I I I early on, very early on in my in my twenties. Um, and I'm reading all about the stuff. And of course, being self-taught, the only way I can learn anything is by reading it or, uh, and there was no, you know, back then there was no internet, no YouTube, any of that stuff. So, um, uh, I would, uh, look at fingerings in, in different books and I would see where they would go back some, sometimes in order to preserve, uh, the, the I am, I am strict alternation in a passage. Um, they would go back like maybe two measures and 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 make sure the fingering started there perfectly so that when it got to that tricky spot that the fingering was correct. And I would take a look at it and go, well, God, if you just hit that with your A finger, <laughs> the, pro- <laughs> the, pro- the problem would go away, you know. And and so they they were going to great lengths to to do a strict IMIM alternation. And uh, and I suppose for people who are listening to this right now and wondering what the heck we're talking about, we're talking about the right hand. The I is the index finger, the M is the middle finger, and the A is the ring finger. So we're talking about the patterns in which we're, we would strike. 
Um, but I would, I, I find that if, if I do these exercises like that, it helps me maintain coordination and strengthen that finger. But um, I, my, my playing tends not to, to rely on it a lot in terms of scale passages. But if I need it, it's there and I know it can hold up its own. And I can do it comfortably. I don't have to think about it real hard. Actually, most of the time it just happens automatically. I'll just reach over with the A finger and it just makes more sense that way. And I can still preserve kind of an IM, IM uh, pattern. Once in a while, depending on the passage, I'll go to an IA, IA. Uh, but I find that if I do scales, IA, IA, or AM, IM, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I find that that um, that seems to work out pretty well for me. And it, again, it keeps keeps the coordination and the strength there. Um, and, and I'm losing some of that as I get older anyway. And so I need to work on that a little bit more. So I also found that 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 um, particularly when I'm doing scales, um, uh, if you're doing if you're doing it in like, you know, four, four, which we tend to do, um, uh, it kind of keeps everything in in perspective. You know, you're doing four notes in a in a passage, you know, kind of thing. And um, uh, so one, uh, the, the first the first note of those four is always the A finger. A-M-I-M, 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 you know, and, and you can kind of go through that way and kind of keep things on an even keel that way. So, um, but that's, that's, that's my, 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 my prime motivation for doing it that way. Uh, and then when I get in the middle of the song, I just play it and I, and I don't think too much about the right hand unless I get into, into a jam somewhere Then I'll sit down and analyze it a little bit. Oh, yeah, I, I occasionally use the A finger. I um, I actually, th there's different schools of thoughts. Actually, many. <laughs> oh, yeah. Many schools yeah. of thought of that. Like uh, my friend uh, Miguel Havaloy, who's, uh, he's actually the student who studied more with uh, Jose Tomas, more than anyone. Okay. He started taking lessons with Jose Tomas when he was 15 years old. Wow. And Prior to that, he was studying with a student of Jose Tomas. Okay. So, uh, so anyway, from 15 till about like 27, he studied with Jose Tomas, and Jose Tomas gave him or helped him find a job at a conservatory in Barcelona, and he teaches there to this day. And um, we we talk all the time. We spend. Uh, probably a couple Fridays a month, just, just talking and talking about Jose Tomas and guitar technique, but he tries to avoid any a finger period. He'd like, he's like, I don't like the sound of my, my nail on my, on my, on my a finger. And he tries to finger everything P I M. Okay. So that's, that's that, really that's interesting. Kind of a loot, kind of a loot approach. Yeah. But uh, I tried that and it 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 didn't work out for me so well. I I, I it's like I need that A finger. He, he only uses the A finger in arpeggios. So. Uh huh. I, you know, I number one, I have such a a bad nail on my on my middle finger uh, that if I can avoid that and go I A I A, then I I will because um, I very often will get just a nasty kind of a raspy tone off of that thing. Um, so I, I try to work around it when I have to, uh, sometimes it just has to be there, but, uh, I, 
You know, I, I, I read about all of these various techniques and all of the books that I bought and, and all of the articles that I could get my hot little hands on and magazines and things uh, all those years ago. And uh, uh, but something that r- really kind of set with me was something that Bream said in, a, in an interview quite a few years ago. And he was talking about his technique and the way that he played. And, and he said, you know, he said, he said, Segovia didn't like my technique. <laughs> but he said, he said, I, he said, I started off, he said, and I had a sound in my mind that I wanted to achieve. And he says, and basically I just mucked about till I found it. And, <laughs> and I thought without being a strict pedagogue and, and just literally, uh, you know, looking for the right sound and then doing what you needed to do to create that sound. Um, I think sometimes that may be the best, the best technique because it's the most organic and um, uh, although uh, as a teacher, I have to give guidance to my students. But if a student comes to me and says, well, I think if I do it this way, I, I think it sounds better. I said, well, OK, then do it that way. <laughs> you've got you've got you've got to be true to yourself, you know, and and uh, sometimes as a good teacher, I have at least I'd like to think I'm a pretty good teacher. I like to get sometimes I just need to get the heck out of the way. And uh, and so. Um, I, I think that advice from Bream is pretty good. Um, just, you know, we, we take our guidance and we can take our cues from from various things like that. But at some point, you got to you got to have an idea in your mind of, of what you want to hear. And then and it doesn't matter whether other people like it or not. You are, you're the one with that guitar in your lap. You got to listen to it every time you pick it up. And so it's got to sound right to your ears and and you muck about and figure it out. And, and if you come up with the right sound, then that's the sound that you use. And other people may condemn the technique, but if it sounds good, you know. And that was the thing about Segovia. I mean, at, at the center of everything uh, was, I mean, he would say, and, and, it was, and it was true with Bream. I mean, he didn't particularly care for Bream's technique, but he never argued, I don't think ever argued privately or publicly about Bream's musicianship uh, or his artistry. I mean, you know, it, it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to argue with that, you know. So, you know, so, yeah. so yeah, it's it's uh, you you might argue uh, uh, repertoire choices or something like that, but but um, uh, but Bream, yeah. So I I guess when I, when I think about my right hand, I I look if I get a right sound, if I get a good sound out of that, I don't care whether or not somebody else approves of my technique. It, it, at some point, it's got to be about the music. It can't be about the way you play it. It's got to be how how the music sounds, how you're um, interpreting music. I mean, but the, the the technique that you utilize to get that really doesn't doesn't matter a lot. At, you know, at the end of the day, people don't care how you played the guitar. They just want to know if they like the song. They, you know, they want to know if you did the song, if you did the, the music proud. You know, so um, that's my feeling on it anyway. Oh, definitely. The, the music comes first and and that that comes from artistry. But uh, but I, I can see both good. Good technique is is a very good way to start, because like we, we've we've uh, we've talked before about like uh, Jimi Hendrix. Not not everybody is Jimi Hendrix that because there's people that, that say that they don't want to learn how to read music because oh, well, Jimmy didn't. Yeah, well, you're not Jimmy. You know, that 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 works very well for a lot of people like Bream. I mean, Bream is a genius also. 
but not not everybody's bream and some of us need guidance big time <laughs> well i think I th- and i think and I, I agree with that i guess what i'm saying is that that we we take uh, take the guidance and and we look at this stuff and how did this person do it and how does that person do it and recognize that different people have different approaches to the same problems and different solutions to the same problems and so we kind of have to pick and choose our way through that and and find but at some point you have to say okay this is a sound that i like you know and it's not the way that segovia did it and it's not the way that bream did it but i like the way i do this and 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 just you know stand firm and say okay this is this is what i'm doing and if it's the same if it's if it's the way that bream did it okay fine but that should be a coincidence that shouldn't be you know as a direct result i mean you do it his way to see if you like it and if it works fine if it doesn't look for somebody else's way you know as long as as long as the music comes out it, you know it's always about the music and and uh, so uh, and yeah there are people who don't read music that, that play very well but but um, there are far 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 many more people who don't read music that play awful and and so they just turn up louder and play <laughs> play louder <laughs> But they're really not very good at it. And so, and I see that a lot. So, hey, I was going to ask you, too, a couple of things. Uh, number one, um, you just uh, did this interview with um, uh, Jason Viel. Yes. Uh, so anything talking to him that you learned that you didn't know before? Or any? How, how did that go for you in your mind? Well, I was, uh, there. there's more parts. Um that are coming out because I'm, I'm, I'm going to fall to see. <laughs> I have to go a different direction to answer your question. Um, well, I, 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 I'm creating different content on my channel. So we talk about different things that they're going to be pushed in with other things with different, uh, different videos. Cause I'm, I'm, I do interviews, obviously I do interviews, but also I'm, working on performance videos, educational videos, comedy. I'm actually going to incorporate comedy into this and um, and 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 also other topics like uh, actually I'm, I'm working on a few. One, one is called Shit Classical Guitar Players Say. Yep, I've seen that one. Uh, well, no, it hasn't come out yet. Um, actually, I, I tried. I, somebody else released one just like what I was going to do. I actually, I approached him. I said, Hey, why don't we work on this together? And he actually went and released his a week ago. Oh, and, uh, that that's not me, but, <laughs> but I tried to work with him. And then he, he ran with the idea, but, um, I'm going to be releasing, uh, several different videos. One is going to be on our classical guitars. Sorry, sorry. How many classical guitars does a classical guitarist need? <laughs> and Barroco is going to be in that. I, I have a clip from Barroco when, when that I, I I saw him on the street, and I'm like, he's exactly who I want to see. And then another recording of Gayen. So and my friend Silvia, I don't know if you know Silvia. Silvia Nogales Barrios. She's no, a, I do not. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. She she's uh, she's up and coming here in Spain, and she's very sweet. And um, Oh, and Brad's going to be in this video. Oh, cool. Brad's going to be in this video. Also, I'm working on another video that should probably be out in a week or two. 
and that video is about who's the uh, who's the, the the biggest guitar player or classical guitar player on on uh, Spotify. Oh, because you know we all know that David Russell is the biggest in the world right now, but who's the biggest on Spotify? So, so I go and and I I check. I, I made a list of like the five you know major legends and like uh five modern people and and uh to see who who's the winner well i'll be anxious to hear that then (laughs) well uh, my only issue with spotify is that they don't have all the recordings of every artist up on there like uh there's some missing from certain guitar players they need more music (laughs) yeah and i don't know if any of the other um uh, any of the any of the other platforms, uh, I don't think any of the other platforms have the reach that Spotify does. But um, I mean, like Pandora, for example, I don't know if anybody still uses Pandora. I think people do, uh, but I know that that I think I have like one or two songs on Pandora only, you know. And I think all five of my CDs are on on Spotify. Uh, not that I'm making any money on it, but I mean, it's 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 there and. Uh, and you got to show some real numbers. I mean, I mean, you know, thousands and pounds, thousands of, of, of listens, of, you know, and, um, and to make any money at that at all. So there are some people I know that, that are, are lesser known uh, that, that work the Spotify thing really, really, really hard and getting on playlists and things like that. And, and they make, uh, one guy told me that, that, that he made enough money to, to make his house payment every month. Oh wow! So that's Good. not too. That's yeah. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. But I mean, he he works it, and it's all it's all original music. So it's not like what I'm doing, for example, playing classical, which just public domain stuff. This is so he gets he gets writers uh, royalties as well as performance royalties, and and uh, but I mean he puts stuff out constantly. I mean it's you know, and he very rarely performs. I mean he just works that really 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 hard stays at home and 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 his stuff is is uh pop music and uh and he has his own little private studio and it's all you know it's all it's all one man band and uh which is kind of the way the business is 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 working right now anyway but but um but yeah and he but he makes a little he makes enough money to do that and then he has other things that he does on the side so but yeah, that's the, the business itself has changed, but those those are the numbers that you look for is, is the Spotify numbers and and then just if you can find concert sales, you know, ticket sales, things like that. Um, that's that's a hard one. A lot of that for 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 some people and and classical musicians particularly, most not all but most classical musicians, they're not gonna their numbers aren't gonna be public. You're gonna have they're gonna be private. They're gonna know how many concerts they did. They're gonna know about how many tickets they sold and and uh, uh, and how many you know they they can have a pretty good sense of it but but the uh, the, the average person somebody like you and I may not have access to those numbers. Hmm. Interesting. Well, classical such a uh, you know we're we're kind of like off in our own little world, right? You know, and and classical guitar even more so. Uh, you know, it's it's we are really a niche thing. We we can sit here and name drop all day long of some of the greatest uh, 
classical guitarists ever. And, and, you know, most people, including my wife, for example, wouldn't know who we were talking about. She knows a couple of the names because she's, you know, heard me talk about them, but, but um, she would have no real, real concept. And other members of my family would have no idea whatsoever. I mean, it's just, you know, um, you know, I, I, I laugh because, um, uh, uh, Jason VO, uh, Brad and, uh, took Jason VO out to dinner after, a uh, after a concert and invited myself and a couple of other people along. And, and we were sitting there and Jason, of course, was not about to leave his guitar in the car. So he brought it into the restaurant with him yeah. <laughs> and, and, and set it in the corner. We, well, we had our own private little area and he set it in the corner and the, the waiter came in, a young man, college age. And he looked and he said, oh, you're a guitar player. He says, cool. He says, you ever play, you ever play Guitar Hero? He says, I'm really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> and he had no idea that he was talking to a Grammy winner. Right? It's <laughs> hilarious. And it's, and, 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 but I mean, I, I think most of these guys probably have that, have that same, same thing that once they get away from the guitar crowd, you know, they can, they can go to a movie or they can go to a restaurant and, and nobody knows who they are. They can be very successful like Jason is. And, uh, and, and Jason's having an, a marvelous career, of course, but, but, uh, you know, the average person passing him on the street would have no idea who he was, even if he t- introduced him, hi, this is Jason Biel and he's a guitar player. And they go, oh, hi, you know, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've met guitar players before, big deal, you know, <laughs> without realizing he really is a monster guitar player. Well, you know that that that's that's a that's a good career to have then you know because then uh, you don't you don't have to deal with the fame part with uh, having the paparazzi following you around and having to wear leather jackets with gloves and a hood on you know I always enjoy hanging out with Miguel and hope you enjoyed hanging out with us too if you would like to get to know Miguel or ask about lessons please go to guitarlessonsfromspain.com. Also, I urge you to visit his YouTube channel, Guitar Lessons from Spain. Once again, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen, and I hope you'll come back soon to Creative Conversations with Roger Humphrey.